Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, Paddle and Finn listeners? This is your host, Brian, from the OG Show. Just wanted to make you guys aware of Jackson Orr's second annual Catch and Release Charity Tournament. Uh, that's K-A-T-C-H, Kayak Anglers together can help this takes place september 13th 14th and 15th it's an online event nationwide starts friday at 6 a.m goes till sunday at 7 p.m entry fees 20 dollars tourney x has waived the fees you can sign up on tourney x doesn't matter if you're a good angler an experienced angler new angler to the kayak fishing tournament world so let's all get together and help jackson out get this organized your hosts at Paddle and Finn have all come together and we've decided any proceeds that we get from selling t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, things like that at the Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com, uh, go to the store tab. You buy any stuff, we're going to take the proceeds from that, donate it to the charity portion for Jackson's event. Um, that's something we wanted to do to help Jackson give back to some great organizations. So get signed up, guys. Jackson's trying to reach 100 anglers. I think it's an easy way for us to achieve, even if you can't fish it. It's 20 bucks, guys. Let's help out. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% off your jig order. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. This is Adventures with Outdoor Woman, and here's your host, Miss Susie Rolla. Hey everybody. 
everybody. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin podcast segment with your host, Adventures with Outdoor Woman. I'm Susie Roloff, and tonight I've got my first very special epic guest, Miss Jean Wilson. Hi, Susie. How are you? I am doing great, and how about you? doing so well. Very honored to be with you, and I love being called Epic. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad uh, that you could uh, join me tonight uh, in this uh, podcast episode, Uh, and I'm going to start off with just a little introduction of yourself, uh, you know, for our listeners who aren't sure with uh, who you are or more or what about you uh tell me about yourself where you're from your background you know whatever you want to let us know (laughs) absolutely well i um right now i am actually on national pro staff with jackson kayak and absolutely thrilled to be there but getting there has been a long journey and you know it's i guess it's part of my story and Oh, people always wonder, like, where are you from? How did you get to where you are? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I live in the Tallahassee, Florida area, which is in the Panhandle, the, the north part of Florida. Um, moved here when I was three years old. My dad uh, taught at FSU, and he was in graduate school in Madison, Wisconsin, when I was born. And there's six kids, so we have a big family. Uh, and I, I am still living here now. I've lived other places in, in, in my adult life, but I'm back home and basically taking care of my parents now. Um, they're doing well and, you know, we're, we're still able to get around on their own, but, you know, we'll soon be needing a lot more help. So that's kind of my role right now. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of fish. I'm retired. Uh, financially, I shouldn't have done that, but I did, and I'm really happy. <laughs> so, I have a lot of time to finish. But, um, you know, growing up here, we always did a lot of outdoor things as a family. Um, we weren't big fishermen, and so I didn't really have that background. But I was always, you know, the one who was... The, I don't know, you know, walking in the streams, sitting cross-legged watching the tadpoles when we went camping. Mm -hmm. I was always totally mesmerized and just in my element when I was in nature. And and I think that that is a big part of what has gotten me to where I am today and what I find so enjoyable with the kayak fishing. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a, a daughter, one daughter, uh, Kristen, and uh, she lives in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee now. She's a, a multi-talented actress, singer, MC, talk show host. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, she, she really uh, is, is quite the talent, and so I get a lot of inspiration from her because when I was growing up, I definitely was shy, but I was also really scared. I was a scaredy cat kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was really just more my imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I remember once a year we, we watched The Wizard of Oz, and I 
war that was real. And my sister and I had pushed our beds together, and, you know, I was just absolutely, you know, convinced that the wicked witch was going to come get me, and the little monkeys were under the bed. <laughs> my daughter, when she was growing up, she said, Mom, can't you tell that plastic? I said, No. <laughs> So, right when you're um, a kid, everything seems real. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, and I remember even times, um, it, it, as much as I loved the outdoors, I didn't have the confidence because I think I was scared. But I remember we had family friends that lived on the river, and we loved going there. Um, but I was afraid of the eelgrass touching my feet, oh, you know, yeah. Um, or, you know, when the slightly older teenage girl would take us on a canoe ride and, and go over the very deep uh, spring, and I was just deterred. I, I knew that that canoe was going to flip over and I was going to get sucked down into some <laughs> hole. <laughs> uh, or, you know, and there were free-ranging cattle that were, you know, grazing along the edge of the river, and I, I just knew from watching Rawhide that they were going to stampede into the <laughs> river. <laughs> right. So, you know, it was, it, it was that dichotomy of just really, really wanting so badly to, to have that independence and that adventure. And I did have it, uh, but I was still, you know, so cheerful about things. I really needed to you know, get my courage and, and, um, and, you know, feel like I was venturer. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that was my growing up. And, you know, and then when I was a, a mother, um, I was, you know, just trying to expose my daughter to everything, everything, you know, loved opera and music and reading and, you know, going on adventures. I was the mom who would take all the friends camping or tubing down the river. And, you know, that was a, a fun thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then she's getting older and it was time for me to do my own thing and have her do her own thing. And, uh, you know, at that point, I think the only boating really that I had done was the family canoe. And we did have a small sailboat, but I had, you know, never been in a kayak until probably, I don't know, it must have been like the early 2000s, late, late 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my family got together and we got a, just a very, very basic uh, recreational kayak, you know, that was, you just sat in and you would go down the river and that mm-hmm. was it. Yep. But, you know, before then, I was going to the beach, and I was just fishing at the coast. I never did any kind of freshwater fishing. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, you know, I'd buy some shrimp. I was just fishing with live bait. It was very simple, and I'd go sit on the beach. Or, and then I said, you know, I don't spend money on shrimp. If I, if I learn how to throw the cat net, I can, you know, catch my own bait. But... I didn't want people to see me messing up, so I remember, you know, way around an oyster bar somewhere where nobody could see me, and I'd go back. <laughs> so uh, that was that was those were the early days um, of you know just kind of finding my way and finding 
the adventure that I was seeking. I really felt like I wanted to have, uh, you know, get beyond the shore or get beyond the oyster bar that I was walking to. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that this was the time also when there was a forum, a fishing forum in our local area. And I wasn't, you know, we didn't text. The internet was new. Um, I was pretty naive about it all. So I remember kind of just working on there and trying to learn as much as I could. And I thought, oh, these people are having all this fun. <laughs> right. And, but I was still too shy to join up. And, and somebody saw me at the beach one time and they said, you should join. You should make up a name and you should join. And he called me out on the forum. <laughs> and it made me join up, and it was probably one of the best things that I ever did because I met a lot of other people. I was learning how to, you know, throw artificial, which I've really never done before. Mm-hmm. You know, walk the dog and and all that. Um, so I don't mean to just keep rambling on. I don't know if you want to ask me any questions. But oh, sure. Oh, no, yeah, that's that, that's great. So, yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, yeah, you've had a pretty uh, interesting uh, introduction, at least into uh, fishing itself, you know. Uh, I think my first experience as a kid um, with fishing is, you know, I got taken to a lake with uh, some relatives, you know, and put the worm on the hook type thing. And, of course, you know, as a kid, you're just like, ew, that's kind of gross, you know. And when you catch a fish, you're like, oh, that's slimy, you know. Everybody's introduced in one way or another. And, uh, you know, um, I went to a summer camp uh, as a kid, and (laughs) I have a, a relatively kind of scary experience, too. There was, like, this... Uh, canoe uh, thing that we did and I was in a canoe with two other people and we were going across this lake and these girls were like rocking around and I was like I've never done this before be careful and we like actually tipped over (laughs) and like my biggest fear was like being in the water uh, with like all the weeds and stuff because like I remember that and that had kind of freaked me out a little bit but uh, apparently it didn't freak me out enough to keep me uh, away from uh, trying it again but uh yeah I can kind of totally relate to uh you know kind of having those those kind of fears you know of like um you know the unknown and whatnot right. getting into it so uh and I know I'm not the only one oh, you know no. <laughs> I I met a woman a grown woman the other day when I was putting in and um uh, there was a big big grasshopper and I'm like trying to take pictures and going, ooh, this is so cool. And she was literally shaking. She did not want to come. Yeah, so I thought, oh, gosh, was I that bad? You know, I... <laughs> right. <laughs> but I remember also, you know, as, a, as a, a young teen, I think one of my friends had a place at the beach, and we were, they were trying to teach me how to water ski. Oh, yeah. And this was, this was you know, out in what I said were shark-infested waters. <laughs> and I, I was not getting the hang of it, and I just swore that, you know, my, my foot dangling down there while I waited for the fruit to <laughs> make right. its way around to rescue me was, was you know, going to be, uh, you know, just signaling to that shark to take off. <laughs> yep, yep, that's just one of those things you're just, like, mind is just overactive, and you're like, oh, gosh, there's going to be a shark. It's going to come get my foot. I just know it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. 
you know, um, just knowing that it's, you know, just doing things. You just need to do them. You need to, you need to expose yourself to them. Mm-hmm. And you need to really try to get over your fears. Um, so, you know, that's what really I've tried to do. And the kayaking, you know, when I when I really started getting into that, it was just taking me beyond, not just literally, you know, from from the shore to, you know, down a creek or, or you know, I live in an area where I'm at the, you know, I'm at the beach and I have rivers and I have lakes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at that point, I was really fishing at the coast still. Um, even when I joined that forum, I was fishing on the weekends at the coast. But it was taking me to places I had never seen before in my own backyard. Right. <laughs> you know, I've really wasted a lot of time when I could have really been enjoying all this. And I don't think I even really it was a, as appreciative of the area that I live in, which is just really biologically important. It really is. But yes. I, uh, you know, I thought, oh, the only city day is the bluebird sky. The only pretty beach is the typical white sands and the waves. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm, I'm like, give me the great sky. Give me that mud and, <laughs> and march. You know, that's what's beautiful to me now. Right. But I was fishing, you know, on, on the beach on the weekend. And then my buddy said, you know, we, could, we don't have to wait until the weekend. We can go on uh, after work. If we go to the lake, and I had never freshwater fished before, even, I think when I was five, my dad took me for a little, because there were six of us, they tried to take us on little individual trips, you know, so (laughs) (laughs) we would feel like we were an individual person, but I remember going to, to the lake with him one time, and he rented a little boat, and I was in charge of watching the minnows. I didn't really even care about the fish, and I caught it. <laughs> I caught a little jack, and I was excited about it. But I was really more interested in, you know, taking the little minnows home as pets. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but you know, that was the extent of what I knew about freshwater fishing. So when my friend said, "Let's go," you know, to the lake, um, I was very intimidated. I didn't know fish. I didn't know, you know, I had really just learned artificial, so I didn't know what they wanted, how they acted, what they looked like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my friends were so nice. They took me under their wing. Um, and we would just, you know, spend hours throwing the horny toads and learning how the little, how they come up to the top and, you know, when to set the hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it really opened up a whole other world. Right. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's kind of relative to me in a sense, too, um, because I live uh, in Pekin, Illinois, which is really close to Banner Marsh. And, uh, you know, I've kind of lived here almost my whole life. I've traveled around a lot for uh, different things, but still maintain relatively locally. And, you know, it's interesting that you say, you know, how, you know, you've missed out and, you know, what you've, you know, wasted all that time before when you could have been out enjoying it. You know, I'm looking back and I'm like, gosh, what was I doing back then too? Wasting all this time, you know, uh, with uh, other lively things. And I'm like, I just have this, you know, paradise to me, like literally in my backyard, you know, and it's, it's my escape after work, you know, during the week, um, 
And when I have free weekends, you know, it's where I go to recharge and connect with nature and just kind of clear my mind, you know, because it's just, it's, it's a place that's just the most real. You don't have to worry about the troubles of the world, you know, you're out in nature and all its glory, and there's just nothing better than that. Absolutely. That is really, I would say, the crux of where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. It's not that I haven't ever competed before, but that's kind of on a low, the low um, totem pole. For mm-hmm. my, you know, I, I really am out there because I'm just enamored by, by nature and the things that we see and the peace that you get. Um, I really feel like I've just learned so much things that I never would have paid attention to before, you know, yes. the, the life cycle of, of the lilies and, um, you know, how the animals act and what the friends smell like. I didn't know all, all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, even the other day I was out there and I thought, it's a Saturday afternoon. I should be hearing boats and cars and lawnmowers. I was at the lake, and I didn't hear anything. I said, oh, I love football. (laughs) (laughs) But I could hear everything. I could hear the brim, you know, feeding underneath the lily pads, and and even the little, you know, grackle birds that come and eat the grubs, they were just hopping along. I could hear the the wings of the butterfly, of the dragonfly. Right. like what could be better than this? Oh, I know, I know, and I oh gosh, I I understand that so much too. Because like whenever I go out to Banner, there there's always different transitions going on. You know, in the spring there's like there's hardly any weeds, there's no moss cover or lily pads. You know, and then you go out there now, you have to dig your paddle through thick, thick weeds, and the lily pads are like taller than you and you know you're paddling through like a jungle out there and it's just it's it's truly breathtaking sometimes and you know a lot of things are taken for granted you know even the the simple little things you know watching a little um grackle you know come down to you know pick up bugs underneath the lily pads or you know to hear the uh the bait fish kind of pop on top you know we have big um mute swans out here i mean they're huge and you don't mess with them when they have their babies out here but i mean they're just absolutely massive but they're just they're so gentle though and just the way that they they move around and everything it just always you know makes me stop and just like man look at this you know magnificent bird out here that i just get to watch and you know enjoy out here yes Boy, I hear you. I hear you. It's also really taught me so much just by the observation. And I think that that's really because, you know, after my friend taught me um, the horny toad, mm-hmm. you know, his other thing was, was the popper. But I didn't really learn many other techniques. Um, and I really wasn't watching YouTube or anything like that. So I really feel like I was pretty much self-taught after that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I fish very simply. I live in an area where, you know, just like you said, you know, it can, it can really change, but the lakes can be so highly vegetated that there's not really any place or very little places to throw some of these applications that I wish I knew more about. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I, I bought them all, 
carried the whole kitchen sink with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I ended oh my up gosh, doing yep. that. I can totally relate. <laughs> my first, um, my first like, national championship, I, no joke, I legit took, like, every single piece of fishing gear I have because I had no idea what to take or what to do or anything like that. Well, even if you did have an idea, you felt like if you left anything behind... Yes. That was going to be the one thing yes. that would have won the tournament. <laughs> yes, I and I think that is the struggle of every fisherwoman yeah. and fisherman out there. You know, it's just yeah. like you, you, you're going through all your tackle, and you're like, okay, I'm going to take this and this and this, and then you're like, but I kind of want to take this. What if what if I don't take this, and what if that's like the key bait? You know, you always second-guess yourself. <laughs> And I'm out there for a long period of time also, so mm-hmm. I feel like, well, you know, what I should be doing is utilizing part of that time to really try different techniques. And I, you know, it, it would have behooved me to, to do that, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I end up using the same two baits the, <laughs> right. the whole time. Yep. But I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't, um, I was fishing the coast, I was fishing the lake. And that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started catching the bass, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm doing anything different other than the fact that I'm just out here a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably more just a game of chances that, you know, I was going to come across these bass. And I live in an area where, you know, uh, you know, there's big bass everywhere, but I'm in Florida. I'm in North Florida. <laughs> you and, got some giants and, down there. <laughs> and there are some giants down there. So, uh, you know, I'm bound to come across them. Mm-hmm. Now, I've lost a lot of bass, you know, and but I, but I have also landed them. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that the lake was the only place that I could really catch these big bass. Um, then I... You know, my parents were very close to a river that we would, you know, just go play around on. But I never really seriously considered that there would be big bass in there. You know, I'd try it, and I'd catch little 12 and 13-inch bass, and that was fun. Mm -hmm. But I got got an invitation by my local dealer, the Wilderness Way in Crawfordville, Florida, to participate in something I'd never heard of before, and it was river bass and the river bass and tournament trail. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be coming to um, the area there to do a live event, um, and that's run by Drew Gregory. And I was like, well, first of all, I really don't think I want to do any kind of tournament. You know, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. And plus, I'm not used to fishing the river. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I would go over there, and then I started catching some, you know, 19, 20-inch fish, and I went, well, at least I won't embarrass myself. Let me go ahead and, uh, you know, support the local, uh, my local dealer. And it was one of the funnest things that I've ever done. I met Drew and a whole bunch of, you know, people who fish rivers, and, um, you know, once that event was over, I know a lot of people travel around to tournaments, and I just couldn't really do that. But I was doing the online, and man, was I still in that online. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was, 
because you you know you have the whole season to put up big fish, and mm-hmm. I was you know putting up 130 inches, you know, of, of launch. <laughs> I mean, like they were all like in the 26, 27 inch length. Oh. You know? Oh, no. oh, see, like for for you know people up here in Illinois, you know we would like die if we had a, a slot limit that big. Like just to even get a fish yeah. that's over twenty inches, you know. I mean, you can get twenty twos up here, you know, once in a blue moon. But oh my god, to catch a twenty six inch fish, oh god, that would be like <laughs> that would be a dream come true. Absolutely, and you know it still is. It never, I just will never leave. These big fish are just—they're like a whole other species to me. They're—they're <laughs> they're amazing, amazing that they can get that big. Um, so, you know, I was doing this, this uh, river bass, and I was just going to mention one other thing. I was not really doing anything online. Uh, not online. I was not really doing anything in social media at that time. In fact, mm-hmm. when my father. Uh, I think it was 2010, she was going to be working on a movie in New York City for a month, and she said, Mom, I need you to get on Facebook because I, I really don't, I'm not going to have time to, you know, talk to you individually, and I want you to be able to keep up with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I was kicking and screaming, and I said, no, I don't want to get, I don't know what that is. I don't want people <laughs> to know about me. <laughs> I got on there, you know, with a completely different name. It wasn't even my own name. I was on there as Cole Guinness, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, and it, so then I I was catching these fish. I did the river bass, and um, my friends knew that I was catching the big fish, and the people on River Basin knew I was catching big fish, but I was not putting them up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was replying to people, but I'd never posted my own stuff. But then um, one day, I actually had just caught a really big fish on the river, a really big fish. He was like over 11 pounds, almost 12 pounds, mm-hmm. and pretty much had finished, you know, documenting her, and I'm holding her down in the water with my fist still shaking, and I get a text from my buddy who says, geez, I just want to let you know that I nominated you to put up 10 fishing pictures on Facebook. And, um, you know, I'm talking into my phone, I said, I, I, okay, uh, well, I've got a big one in my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did, and I put it up that night. And that was like the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. That was overnight. They're like, well, who is this? And what, you know, where are all these big fish coming from? Mm-hmm. So I had 10 days of, you know, kind of showing off these big giants that I've been catching. And it wasn't just my small circle of friends or the people on Riverbeck. And they knew, you know, at that point it was kind of opened up. And, you know, shortly after I started posting on Facebook, out of the blue, I had not applied for it. I got a call from Jackson Kayak, from Aaron Steiger, who's the team manager. And he said, you know, Drew met you at Riverbass, and he's been telling me to, to contact you, but I've been kind of watching your page, but who is Cold Guinness? And, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who are you? And, you know, I just kind of want to call and get to know you and be, a, you know. And I remember thinking, oh, you don't want me. I, first of all, I barely know 
doing on the internet. I know people who are on these fishing teams are big time, you know, tournament people, and they are videographers, they're editors, and they, you know, they just know a whole bunch of stuff. They're extremely good fishermen, and I, you know, I'm catching big fish, but I really still don't really know. I'm very new to it. Right, yeah. And, and I remember feeling like, you know, I, 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 no, I don't think you really want me. But I accepted. And it was one of the best things that I've ever done. Awesome. And, yeah, and I think, you know, I've really kind of come to realize that it, it takes all types in the kayak fishing community. We're not all tournament fishermen. You know, even though I've done tournaments before and I've done the online, you know, I'm not... I, I'm not hardcore enough to be able to drive around the country and, and do what some of these people do, which is just incredible. <laughs> right, yeah. But, you know, but people need role models in, of all sorts. Yes. And if I see, you know, as a, as a you know, a woman of age, I don't you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm 63 years old, I'm not, you know, I'm not the bikini model that some people, you know, I wish that I was, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm overweight and I'm not the typical, you know, example of what you would think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, but I, I, I think that kind of like when my daughter was doing, you know, she was the ringmaster of Barnum and Bailey Circus, the first female in the whole 146 years, you know, she was the 39th ringmaster and the last ringmaster. And one of the things that when she got the position, you know, she was doing so much PR with that. And they were really wanting her to talk about the fact that she was female in, in this position. And she was, you know, at first she was kind of wanting to, buried it under the rug, like, no, no, I don't, I want to be seen as the best person for the job, not just, I'm here because I'm female. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she, she said, you know, I really kind of seem to realize, um, you know, when the mothers and grandmothers and little girls would come up to her and, you know, and, and they would see her as a role model, or even the, the fathers with their sons would come up and they said, you know, you're like my mother or my, or my wife or Aww. my sister. And she said, you know, I need to embrace this. I've done a lot of work. I've, I've done my homework. I've done all these different things in my life that have gotten me to this point, And I need to kind of hold the banner high. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, maybe that's what I need to do. Right. You know, even though I'm, I'm not like you going to be tournaments and stuff, you know, people need to see themselves. They need to, there's other people who are looking for the, the wonderment and the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they need to feel like this is doable for me. Hey, if she can do it, I can do it. Look right. how much fun she's having out there. So I, that's kind of the way that I see myself. If I am a role model, I don't know if I am, but I mean, I would like to be seen as someone who is um, showing that side of the sport. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. You know, and that's, that's, you know, the awesome thing about, you know, how, you know, being, I guess what being a role model is, you know, there really isn't like a set definition to it of, you know, how to be a role model, you know, and it, it's, it's always amazing to, you know, just simply, you know, hear and see, you know, somebody's, um, background and where they've come from and you know what they've been through and how they've gotten to where they are you know everybody comes from different walks of life you know and just hearing all the variety of stories and challenges and triumphs and setbacks you know and just you know it's you know very uh humbling and also empowering you know for each person themselves you know because like when you stop and you're like there are people who look up to me like that's like I would never have dreamed that you know people would look up to me you know and I'm kind of the same way too you know like I'm very active you know in the kayak fishing community uh, on staff with two different clubs and everything you know and I there are times you know where I take it for granted you know and I stop and think and I was like gosh people depend on me, you know, people look up to me, people ask me for, you know, uh, insight or for, um, you know, information or just, you know, tips and tricks. And I'm like, gosh, that's like, holy crap, that's awesome. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. And you know, it's, you know, what's so funny, um, you know, we, as ambassadors to the sport, you know, a lot of times you think of that as being, okay, well, they see you um, at a tournament or you're at a demo day and you're, you know, showing people different kayaks mm-hmm. um, or you're at a show or whatever. But I'm telling you, sometimes it is just the simplest little interactions, whether it's at the ramp and you're giving somebody a ride, an impromptu ride or you know, showing them some of the features or what you use for the fishing and, you know, telling them, like, look, if you don't like, if you're not really into the fishing, that doesn't mean that you're not going to enjoy every else that is out there. But sometimes it's in the weirdest places, like, you know, I'll have bought a gallon of ice cream at Publix and it's melting in the car as I'm talking to somebody outside of my truck because they see my kayak and they want to come over and talk. Yes. And it's yep. worth it, you know, for that to turn into a milkshake. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's those unique interactions and conversations in in meetings you have with people you know and um you know one of the things about you know me doing this podcast in itself you know is it's challenging me because I'm a very introverted person it takes a lot for me to kind of like reach out to people and like make a conversation especially if it's like somebody you know I don't really know or if it's like somebody big in the kayak fishing industry like I'll try to go up and be like hey how's it going how'd you do out there and then I'm like I don't know what else to say (laughs) you know but then sometimes you know it just sometimes there's these other times where um I was at uh yeah I was loading up my kayak at Banner one day and this guy comes over and he's like hey you got a heck of a setup over there you know you look like you know what you're doing and we ended up talking for an hour and a half, and then I ended up, uh, you know, fishing with him on his boat a couple of times for, uh, like, a weeknight tournament. And I was just like, you know, it's it's always very interesting, you know, how things can just, you know, turn out from just, like, a little uh, 
conversation or just, you know, a little piece of uh, of interest, you know, that somebody else has. You, you never know. You never know. And I'm, I'm the same way. You know, part of my shyness growing up was, you know, I, oh, I have a conversation with that person. I, you know, I, I felt like, okay, I could be nice and everything, but I really couldn't hold my end of those, you know, the, the conversation aside. But now it's really different. You know, I think once you find your passion, it's easy to talk yes. about. Yes. It, it really is. And I think, you know, that's an important thing, you know, to realize uh, with young people that a lot of times they just really need to find something that they feel awesome about. Yes. And you just never know. You never know what it's going to be. You never know where it's going to lead you. Yes. I didn't know that getting that little, you know, red sit-in, you know, that I used to throw PVC on to try to make the fish holder out of, but failed every time, <laughs> was going to lead me to just, you know, putting all these pieces together and finding this incredible sport that, you know, just brings so much joy, you know, and... and People will ask, okay, well, what, what kind of advice do you give to people? I say, if, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself, there are a lot of groups and a lot of people who will help you. Go to your local dealer. Go on a guided script, you know, and you, and then just see where it brings you. Yes. Let Try to discover it on your own, and you're going to find, you know, maybe you don't like the fishing. My daughter doesn't like the fishing, but she loves getting out there and, you know, going on river floats and mm-hmm. thing and taking pictures and, and everything else. And um, in the same here, I mean, if I'm not catching fish, I'm never bored out there. Yep. People, don't you ever get tired of it? I'm like, no! <laughs> yep. Are you kidding me? I, I get asked the same question sometimes, too, you know, by people who just, you know, who don't really understand or don't get it, you know. They're just like, well, how can you just sit out there and just, like, you know, throw a rod out there? I'm like, it's more than just doing that, you know. It, it's so much more of that, you know. And sometimes, you know, when somebody hasn't, you know, been you know, where you are and enjoyed what you enjoy, sometimes it's hard to, you know, kind of get to their level to try to get them to understand. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of times people do see that, and they, they go, I really want to do that, but I don't think I'm brave enough to do it. Yeah. You know, so then I see myself again. Yes, if I can do it, you know, I really try to let them know, look, I wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I to be, it will have a lot of trepidation, but I'm so glad that I got over it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and uh, there's still things that scare me. You know, I don't like, you know, <laughs> high heights, and, you know, I don't think I would ever do, you know, hardcore whitewater rafting. Oh, gosh, but, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, me neither. Like, I have my limits, and I know what my comfort level is, but part of it is. You know, trying new things all the time. And I've kind of come to this little saying, and that's, you know, always be a newbie at something. You know, don't be ashamed that you don't know everything. Go and go for it. Learn new stuff. And I have so much to learn. And what used to scare me about when I first started the freshwater fishing, not scare me, but 
you know, where I was intimidated by it, mm-hmm. is what it's so wonderful. There are there's a million and you know combinations of things you can try and and uh, things you can do and places you can go and you know it, the possibilities are endless and it's just so wonderful. Right. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it gets a little overwhelming for me, you know, with having so many different options, but I still wouldn't trade it for anything else. It's just well, I was going to ask you. I know that. When we talked briefly before we first met on the phone, you were getting ready to go to the White River, I think it was, and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a little while ago. That was a, yeah, that was a first time uh, for river fishing um, for me, um, on a small river anyway. Um, So, yeah, that was part of, uh, it was like a combination event between um, the Hobie satellite event and the... um, uh, Indiana kayak anglers, <clears throat> they were having a dual event on that Saturday, and um, there was 93 people who signed up for the Indiana kayak event, and then about 30-some um, that signed up for the Hobie event. And, you know, there were some there were some good sticks that had signed up for it. And I I made a last-minute decision to do it because I kind of have been hot about it. I was like, well, it's a river. I'm not really, you know, familiar with it for one thing and not really familiar with river fishing for another thing. But, um, you know, I had some uh, convincing um, from another fellow angler. And uh, I was like, all right, you know, I'll just I'll just go. You know, if even if I don't do good at all, you know, it's still an experience. It's still getting out and going fishing. And it's, you know, interacting with other anglers as well. And, and bravo, you know, for that. Because that's, you know, a lot of what would hold me back before. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're taking advantage of that and, and trying something new and trying something different. And are you glad that you did it? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, hands down, I'm glad I did it, you know. And and sometimes, you know, I think, you know, thinking about those types of things, like, okay, it's new water, it's a new experience, you know, is that really what I'm going to have hold me back? You know, I'm like, okay, I need to stop and really think and just be like, you know what, just, just get out there and go fish and have a fun time, and even if I don't do well, you know, I'll just, you know, it'll be an experience in itself, and uh, so yeah, so um, in the Hobie event, I got sixth place, and then the, ah! yeah, the Indiana Kayak Anglers, I got 10th place, so I, I did That's pretty good, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> it was a very surprising day, a very surprising day, so I was, yeah, I was absolutely thrilled with how it turned out, so. Expanding your horizons. I love it. And then what was this big giant? What was it? I see. So that was a Chinook salmon, also known as a king salmon. And so um, every year, um, Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series has a. tournament up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and it's the uh, always the weekend after Labor Day, and we chase for mainly king salmon. There's other uh, fish that you can catch that time of year, uh, brown trout, lake trout, uh, uh, rainbow trout, um, etc., Chinook, um, and coho, um, but the kings will come in for the spawn, and 
I, uh, I've been doing it since 2014, and last year I wasn't able to go because uh, I was getting married. <laughs> just celebrated my one-year anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just celebrated this past Sunday. I know. I can't believe it's already been a year. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, anyway, so, um, yep, yeah, we go up to uh, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and uh, we fish out of the uh, marina there. There's also the... Manitowoc River that uh, feeds out of there and the fish will go up into the river as well and uh, you know fishing for salmon is a little bit different it's mainly a lot of trolling and also you know you're not really actively fishing you can you you know you can throw a a swimmer out there and whatnot but uh, yeah um, I it was on practice day and not tournament day <laughs> but that's okay um but uh I hooked into that 26 pound king salmon oh man that was <laughs> that was just oh that made my day that was that beat my personal best by like I don't know 10 pounds maybe <laughs> so, wow what did you catch it on what were you, what did you fish with um so I was using a, a Rapala jointed lure I think it's called like a J13 it was in a fire tiger color and I was trolling it uh, about 40 feet behind me and my trolling speed varied from about like one and a half to 1.9 so you're not really going too fast but uh, I was cutting across the river to start going the other way and uh, that's that's when it hit and man she hit hard That must have been such a thrill. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. It it is always a thrill. It is one of my absolute favorite events every year. Um, And, uh, yeah, this year the fishing wasn't as good as what we hoped. We had uh, 23 anglers and only six people caught fish. But uh, that's fishing, you know. Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah. That's the thing, you know, people want to come fish with me, and I'm like, you know, it might look like I'm catching a big fish all the time, but that is not the case. Right. Yep. That's not a typical typical thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, like uh, two years ago, I think everybody but two people caught fish. And then last year, the year I wasn't able to go, I think only four people caught fish. And then, of course, you know, this year only six people caught fish. So each year varies, you know. And I know with the floods in the spring have uh, really affected a lot of different things. Um, I know that everything was about two foot higher than normal. And the weather was a lot warmer than normal this time of year as well. So, you know, a lot of different factors, you know, affect how and when they come in for the spawn. So, but I'm guessing like in another week or so, people will be catching them left and right. But uh, uh, later in the season, they kind of turn (laughs) zombie-ish. They're like half dead um, when they come for the spawn. mm -hmm, So, but uh, yeah, Yeah. I got... um, uh, a buddy had shared uh, a catch of his with me to take home, and I brought, I brought home 16 pounds of salmon to cook. <laughs> wow. Unreal. I mean, it's just like a whole other world out there that I'm just so unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was almost like I didn't even really know my own backyard. You know, when I, when I first started fishing the river, um, I had no idea that there were these big giant bass, mm-hmm. and I, you know, that first one that I caught when my buddy was, you know, texting me, 
was 12 pounds, and I've never caught one that big before. I had no idea that they were that big in that river. <laughs> and then I caught um, another 11-pounder. I went, what is going on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then shortly after that, I caught a 15-pound bass. That's my <sighs> that's my personal bass. Oh, my and I, gosh. It, it just put me in shock, the size of this, of this bass. So I probably caught... I think at this point I've caught five double digits on the river, many, many double digits on the lake. But I never really thought that there were these big giant fish in the river. Right. Um, so, you know, one reason I bring that up, many people know that I've caught these big bass, but it's just another way that it kind of opened up a lot of other, you know, opportunities and uh, exposure. One of the things that we have in Florida is called Spooky Catch Florida, and the Florida Wildlife Commission does it. It's a, a program to try to um, encourage people to catch and release these big bass. Oh, awesome! Instead of you know keeping them and putting them on the wall, right? Yeah, you, you, you get all the measurements. Then if it's over eight pounds, then you get a, a certain prize or recognition. Uh, then if it's over 10 pounds, you get another level of recognition. If it's over 13, then you're in their Hall of Fame, and oh, they wow. have a big ceremony. And, you know, I have a, a replica that they gave me of my bag, which I never would have gotten. So mm-hmm. that was one of the prizes. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another cool thing is, like, you know, the, the replication process that people are able to do now just off of pictures and measurements. You know, yes. there's no need to keep the actual fish. You can just, you know, catch it, get your measurements, and then release it on its way. And the replicas look exactly like a, a stuffed fish. I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And it's a lot more um, fish-friendly, too, you know, a lot more conservative as well. You don't have oh, to yeah. kill those trophy bass just to get your trophy. We need those big apex mamas to, yes. you know, yes. keep it going. Keep them in you know? there. Yes, yes. And that's what Absolutely. I try to promote, too, when I'm out. I'm just like, catch and release. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you know, the... Um, you know, so it's led to a lot of other things. So, uh, you know, things that I never would have thought that I would be doing or have the, you know, sometimes it's a little out of my comfort zone, but I've been doing them. So one of the things was Drew Gregory had asked me to be on one of his Hooked on Wild Waters episodes. Mm-hmm. So came to my area here, and um, we actually did two episodes. One was on the river, a different river, and then the other one was at the coast where, so I was the I was the guest on the river, and then uh, one of the other people in the area was the guest on the saltwater side. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and we got to see all the, you know, how you, what it takes to do, the, you know, the filming for these shows, which is just totally incredible. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and that also led to being asked to, even though I don't really do the tournaments, trails, I was asked to be on the Pan-American Bass Kayak Championship that was in Tennessee, mm-hmm. so I was on the USA Bass team with that, and that was just such an incredible experience. I'd never caught a spot, a spot of bass before. I'd never caught a smallie before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I had to, I had to quickly learn some new techniques there. <laughs> you know, I just didn't do Ned Rig or, uh, you know, Shaky Heads or mm-hmm. Carolina Rigs or, you know, Drop Shot, any of that stuff. But I quickly, you know, loaded up my kitchen sink with all that stuff. <laughs> right. And, and, and went about it and, um, you know, met people from all over and it was just such a wonderful <laughs> the camaraderie in those you know doing these things is just incredible yes so i mean you just really see why people want to travel around and, and and take all this time and you know sleep in their trucks and <laughs> whatever you're doing <laughs> you know <laughs> ramps. yep yep it'd make the long you know 10 12 hour drives and everything yes yep yep and, and that's, oh. that's so great that, you know, you've, you had that awesome experience, you know, having your first uh, tournament uh, experience there in Tennessee. And I know, um, I know Chad Hoover got in touch with you about it, too. Was that right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Chad was actually on the team. But one of the things that he had done was um, one of the things I missed saying, you know, when I was first starting uh, catching, I think my first big bass I caught in 2013. So I started freshwater fishing in 2012. Mm-hmm. And in 2013, you know, my friends had started doing the KBS monthly uh, online and they said, oh, you should really do this. You know, you're catching these big bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I finally did it and I got invited up to Santee Cooper for the first KBS Open in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nice. What am I doing? <laughs> and I did, I did win a paddle from a 16-inch fish. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but then he reached out to me uh, when the gym and the Tempitational was going on at the Enville Plantation, which is probably about two hours, you know, from, from where I live. And he said, why don't you come over and, you know, let's, uh, let's fish and film while they're competing. And I did, and that was just, so neat. And I, you know, was meeting people that I was friends with online, my Jackson kayak buddies that I'd never met. Mm-hmm. Um, I had fished probably a month before that with Jody Queen, oh, nice. and I didn't really even know who he was. I wasn't really keeping up with stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I wasn't looking to see who was doing what and who was winning what, but he was a Facebook friend, and I said happy birthday to him on his birthday, and he contacting me since I happen to be in your area um and we ended up fishing for like a month together in on my waters and just had the best time oh, and, awesome oh it was great and then he was in the tent so you know I uh, I acted like I knew what I was doing there but I was really <laughs> just observing and and I mean it was just wonderful to see it really was mm-hmm and that's awesome, you know, just yeah. having those connections, you know, and having those people who reach out, you know, to just, you know, fish together. That's just, uh, it, it's very envious to me, too, sometimes, because, you know, because that's something that, like, I just, I wish, you know, I would have people ask more of, 
you know, and, you know, it, it, it may be just a, a where I live type of thing or just like a culture thing, age thing, you know, whatever it may be being a woman. But, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, post in like our group chats and Facebook be like, hey, you know, whoever wants to go out to banner, hit me up and let me know, you know, and I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, I just want to go fishing. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny? You know, and back in the early days, um, with that fishing forum, you know, people will ask me, well, you know, do you ever have any kind of challenges as a woman? You know, did you ever have, you know, people look down on you or, you know, no, I really didn't. And I don't know if it was just the welcoming group. You know, it was also where everyone was kind of new mm -hmm. to kayak thing. Um, there were a few who had been in it longer and, and a few like my buddy who was teaching me, he had really grown up fishing and knew, you know, even the golf course ponds in South Florida. Yet as a kid, he would ride his bike there. But, you know, it taught him a lot. So he mm -hmm. really knew a lot. Um, but I never really had that feeling. And I don't know if I ever did feel any kind of nervousness or whatever the word would be. Whether it was, I don't think it was because I was a woman. I think it was just because of, of who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I had these shy or introverted tendencies. And so I attribute it more to, you know, not being as confident as I could have been as opposed to, you know, well, what are you doing here? You're a woman and you probably don't know anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> One thing you said earlier, Cindy, was um, where people will come up to you, like that guy came up and you talked for an hour and a half. People will come up to me now, and I don't know if it's because they see how I have everything rigged up on the kayak, so they probably figure that I kind of know what I am, <laughs> what I'm doing. Right. But they don't, they wouldn't be people who know that I've, I've caught big fish. Mm -hmm. But they come up, and, the, and there must be some aura or something <laughs> that I'm putting out. But they will just start come, is it coming over to me and, you know, asking me questions and what are you using and how are you doing this? And, you know, like I'm an expert or that I have some value to them and I do, mm -hmm. but it's really kind of me. Um, and I don't know if it's just uh, a shift or maybe it's just a shift in my own attitude mm -hmm. and maybe it was there before and I just wasn't seeing it. But um, I but I don't want to minimize the fact that some women may have you know issues with that. Right. Just because I don't doesn't mean that other people don't, and so I don't want to be flippant about it. No, yeah. I want, but I also don't want to be out there, you know, kind of waving a flag yeah. and saying, "Look at me!" You right. Know? Yeah. Um, I want all the um, attention in the world. Yeah. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, no, that's not me at all. That's no. not me at all. I, I just want to go do my quiet little fishing and, you know, kind of hide under a little mossy rock sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you know, sometimes the, the best things are just, you know, kind of keeping to yourself, you know, like with uh, me and my yeah. husband for our anniversary, you know, we didn't really do a whole lot, you know, we just kind of, uh, you know, stayed at home. There was a, a local, um, uh, like it was called the Marigold Festival and they had like, um, uh, um, uh, like 
uh, booths and stuff where they had like arts and crafts and stuff like that. So we just kind of wandered yeah. around there. But you know, we just kind of you know stayed chill and kept inside yeah. and didn't do a whole lot. Which and sometimes those are just the greatest times. You know, kind of keeping to yourself. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, I, I really am, I'm, I'm more the low-key person, and I don't really like to be in front of the camera, but, you know, I've got this one thing coming up, um, I was, uh, asked to, uh, well, I, I think I was kind of snookered into this, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was asking, you know, is it okay if, uh, if I come fish with you? And we're going to just do some filming and stuff. And I'm like, well, sure, okay. But I was thinking about something else at the time. And then I come to realize that I'm now part of this new angler tour. And I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, But there's a couple of guys with Angler, the A-N-G-L-R. Yes, the Angler app. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, what they're doing this year, I think last year they were just kind of going everywhere. And it was you know, like, it was always on Instagram, and I wasn't really paying attention at the time, so mm-hmm. I, have, I have to apologize for that. But what's happening this year is that their tour is going to take them to seven or eight different places around the country, and at each stop, they're going to be fishing with a different angler, and then actually making a documentary out of it. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, so I'm actually Scott G. Oh, wow. That's great. So that's why I'm saying, um, you know, I'm going to have to just suck it up and just be try to look like I feel comfortable on camera. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Camera, hopefully, cameras can be pretty intimidating. I have um, you know, haven't had the luxury of being on one. You know, not that I'd ever want to be on one, but, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd rather find it. But then, you know, also catch the fish, you know, so I've been trying to scout out. I'm like, holy mackerel, where am I going to take these people? And, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, hopefully we'll be able to catch a fish or two and, and make a story out of it. But I guess once the tour is over, then they're they're going to put all these, you know, seven different locations, seven different anglers. I think Ron Champion on there, Cody Milton, um, Robert Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about all the different people, but anyway, then it'll be uh, put together in some documentary form. So that's that'll be awesome. really cool. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Exciting but overwhelming at the same time, yes. <laughs> well, like I said, you just never know where things are going to take you. Um, you know, being being on the Jackson Kayak team, I, I'm telling you, that is such a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that company is, is out playing. They're all paddlers. You mm-hmm. know, it's not a corporate structure where, you know, you're being directed to this or that. You know, from the top down, you know, EJ's out there, he was, he's like a grown kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the same with the um, marketing director and our team manager. And, you know, everyone's on the line mm-hmm. paddling uh, the boat. And, and um, you know, we also have a lot of, I'm not the only one who's a little different. Not everyone is a, is a tournament angler, mm-hmm. even though we have amazing uh, tournament uh, fishermen and women on the team, but you know we have a guy out in California, in North California, Jim Russell, who um, spearfishes and feeds his family and community, and it's just amazing. 
um, you know, tournament directors just like you mm-hmm. who put a lot of time in it. That's one thing. If you do a podcast on the the tournament director stuff, I'd be so interested because I I know it's got to be so much work. And do you get the recognition, you know, that you deserve? Um, but holy mackerel, we couldn't do it without you. Yes. I mean, it, yep. it, it takes so much organization. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I full heartedly agree. You know, and uh, that is definitely a uh, a topic. You know, um, that I will be having on my podcast soon. Um, I'm gonna try to actually get uh, a couple of different directors from some uh, different tournament leagues. Uh, hopefully, maybe across the nation. I know there's a couple of guys in the Michigan Kayak Trail that I could talk to. Um, yeah. the guys with the, the, uh, groups that I'm involved with and then, you know, anybody else and just, you know, kind of talk about, you know, what does it really take to run a tournament on the back end? You know, what, what goes on when we're doing an online tournament on tourney X, you know, what are we looking at? You know, what, how, how does all the pieces work together? How do, you know, we get all the permits, how do we decide yeah. on locations? You know, there there's so many different things that go into running a tournament that, yes, you know, a, a lot of people do, you know, forget or take for granted or just don't even think about. So, yes. Right, right. <laughs> yep, that well, is Well, I know for one that I, yeah, I'll, I'll be listening to that one for sure. That's, uh, I mean, I, I have so much respect for, for what you do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're also out there fishing, too. It's not just that that's all you're doing. You right. Know? You're yep, yep. We're <laughs> out there fishing, it. too. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's awesome, awesome. Exactly. Oh, let's see here. A um, couple other questions for you. Um, what, are, uh, what are your favorite lakes that you like to fish uh, in your local area? Well, where I fish, uh, Lake Jackson is, is probably the main lake where I fish. Um, and over the years, you know, that's really been known as a big bass lake. I, I remember driving by it as, as a kid and, and knowing that people bass fish, but I'm like, that was like a whole other thing that I know nothing about. And what is a 10-pound bass and how big is that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, yep. So Lake Jackson, there's also um, Lake Miccosukee. Um, there's also another big lake that I usually don't go to because it has a lot of boat traffic. Mm-hmm. But one that I wanted to explore is Lake Calquin. Okay. Uh, it's kind of man-made. It's dammed up from the Oquatney River. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's supposed to be some big bass in there, so I need to learn how to fish that. And, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, what are your uh, what are your favorite uh, techniques and go to lures? <laughs> well, because everything is so weeded most of the time, I've just kind of come to find that uh, using weedless plastic mm-hmm. has been the best. One of my, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, every single one of my big double-digit bass have either come on, um, you know, like a five-inch paddle tail uh, swim bait mm-hmm. or uh, like a, a magnum speed worm. And then last year, I didn't, I hadn't, re- I mean, my first big bass I caught on a hollow body frog. But it's not really my favorite technique, but I said, I need to get this out again. And holy mackerel, they were on that frog like it was 
you know, they they loved it. <laughs> Awesome. But I don't, I still, I'm, I'm kind of a power fisherman. I'm like, I'm constantly throwing and reeling back in and, mm-hmm. you know, wanting, wanting that, um, you know, what do you call it? You know, the reaction, a reaction strike. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, you know, I'll also experiment with jigs and, uh, you know, like a chatter bait, center bait, crank. Um, but there's only certain times that I feel comfortable using those, and I, like I said, I, I have them with me, but I always end up kind of going back to my same old, you know, paddle tail or worm yeah. or the holly body frog. What? Mm-hmm. How about with you, where you are? Is that what? What do you find? For your area? Um, for, for my area, um, depending on the time of year, early spring, um, when there aren't any weeds, um, I'll be throwing uh, crankbaits, uh, swim jigs, uh, chatterbaits especially. And then uh, once the weeds come in, which usually isn't too long, um, it's uh, it's all about topwater for me. I love the topwater bites. So whether it's uh, a frog, a plopper, or a, uh, a buzzbait, those are, oh, I just, I love seeing bass just fly up in the air <laughs> on a topwater bait. It's I just, know. <laughs> fishing you know is you can take one bait and make a hundred different techniques out of it <laughs> yes that is so true so true yep. yeah so that's basically what i use is um and you know when i go to the coast you know then i'm using more of a hard bait so you know walk the dog type bait mm-hmm. or spending you know in jerk baits and things like that so i mean i have a a lot of different stuff in my tackle box but awesome. you know my, as far as the bass fishing now, when I was doing um, the, the the tournament fishing, up, you know, for the Pan Am up in Tennessee, um, you know, my first fish that I caught was on a, a crankbait, and it happened to be a big catfish, but I was thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be biting like this. <laughs> it's but always I, fun you know, when I, one of those hits a crankbait, because oh, it's just oh. so unexpected, and you're just like... You're like, oh, God, I got something big on here. And then you bring it up, and you're like, oh, that's a catfish. (laughs) You're surprised, but not disappointed. (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, what I really want to learn, and I have so much to learn, I really need to expand my horizons. And and because I'm usually fishing at the same types of areas most of the time, Mm -hmm. um, I need to really learn. Like, I think if I go to Lake Calvin or if I go to another deeper, clearer lake, or not, you know, just less weedy, um, that I can try some of these other techniques. Because I really want to, you know, I don't have electronics. I I never really, I don't really have a need for them Mm -hmm. where I am now, but 
you know, I think it, it, it would put me to a disadvantage to not at least have the knowledge and be able to use them in other areas if I do, sure. you know, eventually get a chance to travel again. Right now I'm a little, I'm close to home and that's fine with me. Oh yeah, definitely. But, yeah. yeah, I hear you with the with the challenge with electronics. I I still cha- uh, struggle with mine as well. <laughs> um, oh, okay. You know, I I only started using one um, in twenty seventeen. Yes, when I went to the national championship. Um, oh. Yeah, because I was like, well, you know, everybody was saying that I needed to have one and all this, and I'm like, okay, sure, but. I'll be honest, a little secret. I didn't know what I was looking at. <laughs> I don't either. I really don't. No, like somebody will put a picture up on Facebook with no explanation. And and every you know, you see all these little emojis like, wow. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? at? What, 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 yeah. what are, what are what we saying? What are you saying wow about? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a bunch of gobbledygook to me. <laughs> But it's the same with the bait tester. I mean, I have a couple now, but I cannot get myself to feel comfortable with that thing. So I'm I'm catching everything on spinning bait. It took me forever to transition over to a bait caster because I grew up on spinning reels, and that's all I used until about uh, two years ago. I started yeah. kind of getting more accustomed to it, and now my spinning, or not spinning, but my uh, bait casters are like my go-to for top water, just because, you know, they can cast so much further, and just, they're, they're so much better for the application, but it wasn't without challenge and struggle, though. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you yeah. how many bird nests I got, and how frustrated <laughs> I was, and like, yeah. it, it took me a while just to get used to, like, holding it right, you know, it, know. It's, just, it's such a different you know experience and it's awkward you know of course you know we're humans we don't always like change we always like to go back to what we're used to but you know I had to really push myself and be like all right just you know stick with it keep practicing and I'm a lot more comfortable with it but um I mean I I can still use it for you know normal things like uh, top water but there's still other techniques like flipping and pitching yeah i am still not very good with that <laughs> i'm not i'm not very good either but when i see someone who is good i go oh my god <laughs> i want to be able to do that i just want to be able to like flip it out because right. where it needs to go it never gets hung up you yep. know Yep, exactly. Or get that bird nest, you know, and it, it, it's still, yeah, I still have to, like, you know, stop my son and be like, all right, I got to adjust, you know, my break and my tension and all that. That was just, yeah, that was overwhelming for me at first, too, because I was just like, wait, I got to do this and this. And then, like, well, if you put a different weighted lure on there, then you got to change it again. And then I'm like, wait, what? I got to change it all the time? <laughs> Well, I need to practice, so yeah, thanks. I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one no, no. <laughs> struggling with it. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's see here. Um, I think I've kind of won over all the basics. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to, uh, you know, mention, talk about, or highlight? Well, um, just trying to think of what's coming up. Um, I think that, you know, I've kind of covered just about, you know, all the general, you know, stepping stones that kind of got me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, and then 
just wanting to feel more comfortable with, uh, you know, going places and trying new things just like you did with the river. I, I would like to be able to get into that mode, you know, if, when I do have the opportunity to travel more. Again, I'm, you know, a little bit stuck at home now with, with my parents, but, um, you know, I'm just so happy to be fishing where I am, being on the, the team and having the support of the kayaking community. Um, you know, my family is just, nobody else in the family fishes. It's so funny. But they're all very interested, like, oh my goodness, you know, you're, like the Florida uh, Freshwater Commission put me on their cover, you know, for the for the regulations for the year. I and saw that on your Facebook page. That was so funny. Awesome. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> with that uh thanks again uh, everybody for listening and uh we'll talk at you again what's up boys and girls just wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about the paddle and fin gear if you haven't seen it yet go to paddle the letter n in fin.com go click that store tab at the top check out the store we got tons of t-shirt designs long sleeves hoodies phone cases, you name it, it's on there. Give it a gander. Just want to take a brief moment to give a little shout out to our show sponsors. Rocktown Adventures. For all your outdoor adventure needs, visit rocktownadventures.com. Loveland Canoe and Kayak, if you're in the Ohio area, go check them out at Loveland 
canoe.com. Hammered Lures, our man Eric Richards, making some pretty epic baits. You can check out his store at hammeredlures.myspotify.com. Coyote Sunglasses, get your floating glasses for the next adventure out on the water. They float, they're polarized, all different styles to fit your pretty little face. Fish Mob Lures, my man Jay Randall, making buzz baits, spinner baits, you name it. He's got a whole array of things, and if it isn't listed on the Facebook page, shoot him a message. Maybe he can make it up for you. Southern Lake Co., awesome apparel, you guys. Uh, check out southernlakecompany.com. And our newest sponsor, TRC Covers. Protect your investment. Wrap your rods, your reels. They got custom colors, logos, you name it, they got it. Go check out trccovers.com. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.